Aaron here with a very important message. The views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of the host employers. Any content provided by our hosts is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you and enjoy the show. JM, I compare you like a kiss from a rose on the gray. Oh, I'm just so glad to see you again. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to break out in the Batman Forever songs. Mm. Seal, I still, that's on a guilty playlist uh, that I have because that song jams. It, God, I mean, just. Who would just like have that on the Batman Forever soundtrack? Like, oh, yeah, this is the song I've been working on. You can use it. For your ridiculous Two Face and uh, Riddler movie, what other great, like '90s, hip hop R and B songs could even be compared to that? Like, if I'm thinking about it from childhood, uh, the next closest song to that is going to be Genuine's "Pony." Yeah, yeah, that one's good. Um, as far as soundtracks go, I would challenge well, you. Well, to I'm name... just saying. I'm just saying, like. Oh, just in general. In general, okay. like to hold, to hold, you know, R and B. I'm gonna call that song an R and B song, and I'm gonna call Genuine's yeah. Pony R and B. Yeah, uh, that checks out. Uh, maybe next, too close. Too close is amazing. No diggity. Ah, uh, dude, that's right. No diggity and poison. Oh yeah, poison. Yeah. See, next, too close is great because how many other songs are there about like, hey man, like. Because it came out like when we're like 12, 13, it was so relatable. Because, like, hey, like, I get boners when girls dance too close to me. So, it's like, like I've grown up is dealing with the same issues. I remember jamming that song. Uh, it was sixth grade because we had, no, no, it was seventh grade. I think it was seventh grade. It was so where I went to middle school, uh, it was sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Sixth graders got one dance at the very end of the year. That was the only one they got. And then when you got oh, to shit. seventh and eighth grade, you had one dance per month, right? Oh, yeah. And so I think it was either seventh grade. I think it was either 98 or 99 that song came out. And I just remember jamming to it. And it was towards the end of the year because I just used to jam that song all the time, all summer, anytime it'd come on like the radio. Girl can't help it. You're making it hard for me. Yeah. And then I probably revisited that song when I was in my early 20s. And you're like, wait, hold up. And then I realized it was about boners. <laughs> you're like, oh, like he just emotions are hard. Like, no, nope, that's his dick. That's hard. Yeah, it was just words to me, right? Like it was just these cool, like the way they interlace the the words. It, it was this like flowing. I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe it other than they were saying the same thing over and over. But the way it, it was very uh, Evan Felker, you know, the way he kind of interlaces words and it yeah. just flows and flows and flows and flows. And you kind of have to sit there and break it down section by section to understand what it was saying. So that song was always just super rhythmic and cool for me. And then with No Diggity, without No Diggity, you don't have a thong song. You think so? Because Blackstreet was Cisco. What do you mean? He's one of the singers in Blackstreet. Yeah, but. I don't. So under- if he didn't, so like if he wouldn't, if he didn't have that hit song "No Diggity" as part of Blackstreet, he never would have got the you know the green light to come out with the thong song, and then women's underwear would never be the same. <laughs> when, so Blackstreet "No Diggity" comes out in probably like ninety five, ninety six, uh, ninety six, right? Okay, yeah, uh, July twenty nine, ninety six. When does Poison come out? Uh, that girl is poison. Ooh, that actually is going to be a lot older. I, I want to say that's like some Bobby Brown shit. Well, so Belle Biv DeVoe. Yeah. But Blackstreet did. I thought Blackstreet did that too. Belle Biv For the DeVoe. audience, I am watching my son 
go back and forth on a baby monitor. By vocal group Belbiv DeVoe. So that's nineteen. That's February twenty fourth of nineteen ninety. Um, I don't know. I could have sworn Black Street. Am I thinking of a different song? Mm. It's driving me out of my mind. Yeah, it is Bell Biv Yeah, that's the same guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did they? Huh. Bell Biv What a name. This little moron. Oh, did he flip over again? Yeah. So my so Connor can he can he can roll. But for a reason, he so he can roll from his back to his belly, but he's not going belly to back, and it's been driving us fucking crazy. He'll That's, just like tur- he'll reverse turtle himself, like he's like, no, I'm on my belly, I can't get, I can't get out of here. And that's that's where you start worrying about like SIDS, right? Is when they're on the belly. Uh, yeah, you can, like especially like not so much. We know that he can flip over; he just doesn't. Okay. Like right now, I think he's on his side. I don't know. I'll I might go check on him if this continues another five. But I know he's alive because the monitor. One, I can hear him because our walls have no insulation, and two, I can see on the monitor that it's flashing really angry reds and purples. Does that so mean still there's, still alive? That means there's movement. <laughs> he is still alive. <laughs> it means he's screaming. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, do we need to take a quick baby break so you can uh, go flip him? Not yet. Okay. But, um, so what are you drinking? Uh, hey, JM, what are you <laughs> drinking? <laughs> uh, Coors Original, and I had a shot of Flanagan's potato whiskey from Bertram. Ooh, fun. I'm uh, sipping on a Shiner Cheer. Tis the season. They uh, We can get that almost year-round out here. It's kind of weird. You can get Shiner Cheer year-round? Uh, they've had Shiner... Yeah. Maybe they're just like sitting on old kegs. Maybe. Maybe it wasn't cheer. What did I see? There, we get a lot of the... So you get Bach out here all year round. And then um, what was the other good one I found? I f- they, they're, they've got like three other varieties. Of course, they've got blonde um, almost year round too. And then what was the other one? I found the I found the the petite strawberry at one oh, point. Oh, was that any good? It was. It was very good. Um, and then the cactus, I always like the, the, uh, what do they call it? Uh, you know, that they're like salt and lime one. Um, it is not, oh, I got ad blocked from Shiner's website. Oh no. Look at you. Malware, malware bites doing your, doing your thing. Um, here we go. Let's see which one I'm talking about. It is the the prickly pear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That one's good. Yeah, the shiner prickly pear is always good. Yep. So I got my shiner cheer, and then I got some uh, Strahan's whiskey out of Colorado. They're a straight bourbon. It's a uh, pretty, pretty tasty. I was up at my dad's last week, and he had a thing of balconies. Um, what's the red? Oh, what is that one? It's like a, it's not like a cinnamon, I guess. Right? No, you it's would, not. You it's, wouldn't like that if it was. No, it is the, uh, the mir- mirador. It's the single malt. It's the Texas single okay. malt. Nice. Oh, no. Yeah. Someone was asking about. No, Texas it was the whiskeys. pot still. He had the Texas pot still bourbon. That's what it was. Yeah, my uh, my manager's in. Uh, he lives in outside of uh, like an hour north of Little Rock in Arkansas, and he's like, "Hey, man, have you tried this Balconies?" My friend, like, he has some friend who's into like strange bourbon, not strange, but like rare bourbon, especially for Arkansas. And they got them hand their hands on some Balconies, and they they love that shit up there. Apparently. Which one do you get? You know, I didn't ask because we were like we are all over the place. Like he, he just found out that like Pappy Van Winkle's a thousand dollars a bottle. Oh yeah. <laughs> so He's like, I want to get some of that. It's like, Oh my God. Like he, I, I was like real time on a call with them as he like, Googled the price of that. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I love the baby blue. It's too much. Baby blue's good to this day between baby blue and Garrison brothers. I am just sold on 
these Texas whiskeys. They are really coming into their own in this state. Like there was, there's been some bad ones, but the good ones, while they do fetch a premium price, they are very good. Well, Titchener will tell you, and I can't remember which one's which, but and I feel like Garrison Brothers has only gotten more expensive over the past couple of years. <sighs> I'm sure. It's like, hey, I thought this was a fifty dollar bottle. When did it become eighty? When did it become ninety? What the hell's going on here? Yeah. Well, and which one's which? Because Titchener will tell you. One's a sour mash and one's a sweet mash. I think that is correct. I think yeah. Garrison Brothers is a sweet mash. Uh huh. Yes, it is a sweet mash. That's correct. Which is really weird because I've always espoused that I despise sour mash whiskey. Because um, you think sour mash, you're Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels immediately. Yeah. Jack Jeez. Daniels is garbage whiskey. Oh, it's so bad. Like, good for them on like being so good at marketing, but it's not good. But like, so when you were in Germany, didn't so I know when I visited France and Belgium, like waiters over there would like, oh, do you want Jack Daniels? We love Jack Daniels here, and I don't know if they're bullshit me or not, but I think in Europe they love that shit. Yeah, they, well, it, it's this. Um, <sighs> It, it, without being a nerd, it's like a cultural victory in Civ Five. Um, it, we just—it's left over from when we infested Europe with our rock and roll and our blue jeans and our way of right. life, right? You know, had to fi- had to beat the communist communists, yeah. Um, so when I was over there, like it was a big deal in Germany. You get a uh, Jackie Cola, and uh, a Jackie Cola is just a Jack and Coke, but that's like the thing to drink. If you're getting a mixed drink, everybody gets Jackie Colas. I like Jackie Cola because it's 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 so many things. It's a fun way of calling a Jack and Coke. It's also a really good like mobster's name. Like, hey, it's Jackie Cola over here. See, I was thinking it'd be like a really good spy name. Like, like that's your that's your undercover handle. Like, oh yeah, Jackie Cola. But it's yeah. some weird, like something you'd see in adult animation. Something like Archer would use for his undercover name is Jackie Cola, right? And somehow it'd be like Jackie Cola off each other or some <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. yeah, like it would somehow be about jacking each other off. Oh, um, but yeah, it was so Jack Daniels um, Crown. Crown was really, really, really hard to come by, um, and so that was a big deal for. Uh, two of my good buddies that lived over there. One is um, an expat who is with uh, 18th Engineer Brigade, 54th Engineer Battalion, uh, who owned a bar over there. And the other one is um, a Canadian expat. He's from, uh, who has the big rodeo every year up there? Who has the Alberta. Cal- Calgary? Calgary, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's from the Calgary area. Stampede. Uh, yeah, he had, they have the Stampede. You're right. Um, so they have... Uh, the, he's from the Calgary area, if I remember correctly. Um, but they, you know, Ben loved the, the Canadian dude loves Crown Royal, and he was just a stereotype. Um, and so we were not allowed to give gifts. Um, we couldn't buy like American tobacco and American whiskey and stuff like that for for German citizens. But once a year, we could give a gift to a person right so uh like if if i had five friends once a year i could give them each a gift as long as it didn't exceed some amount of money um so i always just i would bring bottles of um uh crown royal for them and then um the germ the native germans loved american tobacco so i'd bring over like a carton of marlboro reds and if I really wanted to, I could probably, I, I could probably gotten like prison prices for those things, like $10 a pack kind of thing. My mom tells story about like flipping Levi jeans in like night in the early nineties. Have I, have I talked about going to Levi Strauss's house um, on the podcast? I don't think so. Maybe of you and I have talked, I know you've told me this story, but I don't know if you've told it on the pot. Maybe I'm pretty little liar. Loggers. Probably. Uh, so little town, um, a little town called Butenheim. Um, really cool little town. Uh, they've got those. It's got one of those metal cart tracks that you go down the side of the hill and you're on the cart oh, and, and you just you handbrake yourself. So you go as fast or as slow as you want to. Uh, but Levi Strauss's house is right outside of that. And you can go see it. And what it is is a freaking like one bedroom shack and then a Levi's store. So I was like, oh, I could use a new pair of jeans. Let me go pick up a pair. 
Well, a pair of Levi Strausses over there was almost a hundred euro, right? Wow. So you're talking at the time it's like a hundred and ten bucks, hundred and eighteen, something like that, whatever the case may be. It was significant pair of money for a pair of pants. Well, the girl I'm dating at the time um, mentions to her mother that all my jeans are Levi's, and that's just what I prefer to wear. Um, and so her mom goes, oh, you must be rich. I go, what are you talking about? And she goes, Levi's are so expensive. I was like, I and I, I go to Kohl's, and it's buy one, get <laughs> one, half off. Bucks. Yeah, like you, you buy the first pair for $55, and it's always buy one, get one, half off. So the second pair is like 20-something bucks, so I'm getting two pairs for $80, whatever the case may be. Um, and I was trying to explain to her, I go, Levi's are extremely affordable. They're, they're one of the cheaper brands, um, next to like the Walmart brands and some other target brands and whatnot. Yeah. Like it's still quality, but it's, it's, it's not the same as like, I don't even know what the fuck's popular now. Like, it's not like you went out and bought a pair of Abercrombie pants, right? Right. Like those would have been a hundred and hundred bucks when we were in high school. Yeah. Yeah. they're just a pair of Levi's, and it was just incredible when I explained to her like how cheap. And I go, "Yeah, I've got Levi's that I just throw away because they got holes in them." They go, "Oh my god, no! You could sell them over here for so much money." And I'm like, all right, whatever. Uh, yeah, it again. So Levi Levi Strauss, as they say in Germany, Levi is a is a German man who became very well known for his uh, denim work. And then started mass production in the United States and sold it back to his own people at a way marked up price. Fair enough. I I know uh, it, it's so funny about some of those brands that over here are while good quality brands aren't like oh my god the like on the same equivalency of like Gucci or some shit. Whereas in Europe, I remember when I flew into Frankfurt, I was walking around. There was standalone Carhartt stores, and it was like Carhartt. I mean, some of it was like the shit we would wear as you know, uh, like, playing cowboy like and all that shit. Fuck around, then clothes. Other, like so, it was it was that, and it was also like streetwear. It's like Carhartt is like a fashion brand in Europe. <laughs> it's 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 so bizarre. Uh, the other thing they loved were boots. Man, the amount of compliments I got on cowboy boots over there was just ridiculous. Oh yeah, my friend's dad, he's uh he's German. So he's like a Greek German guy and he loves cowboy boots, but he but so he was a ship captain like an oil tanker type guy and loves cowboy boots, but he loves cowboy boots with zippers. So he would go to Mexico and have custom boots made with zippers. Well, and the only place I could find to buy any kind of western style boots over there was always um motorcycle stores. Like Motorcycle Outfitters was the only place I could find to buy any type of Western boots, and 90% of them had zippers on them. Uh, But that was also where I could go to get them resold. Uh, The cobblers there could do kind of like a decent job on Western style, but the motorcycle guys always did better. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Although they had some good brands over there that I wish we had over here that were more affordable, like Jack Wolfskin is a really good brand yeah i've been direct targeted out of them on instagram that shit looks pretty cool yeah so i had a couple jack wolf skins um and that's their version of columbia uh north face anything like that um yeah upper end upper my son has finally cried himself to exhaustion (laughs) and he's passed out yeah i'm like looking at him he's just fucking conked out (laughs) he went from screaming murder uh, God damn it. Nope. Stop moving. <laughs> damn it. He's cool. He's not crying. We're good. Mm. Yeah. He goes from like screaming murder to just like passed out. So he's either sleeping or just knows. Well, it's not working. Love it. I guess we should address the fact that Aaron's not here this week. <laughs> yeah. Let's touch on that. Uh, so Aaron is off seeing Patterson Hood tonight, so he would be the lead singer, the primary singer, I guess, the best way of putting it, primary singer for Drive-By Truckers, so he's having himself a grand old time. It is. Hopefully, he doesn't just brown out the concert and forgets about it like I did with Shane Smith the Saints, but he's having a good time. And 
uh, drive-by is like if I'm remembering correctly, I think out of all he of his garage, more than yeah, any yeah, I think it's his like all-time favorite band. Yes, yeah, he loves drive-by truckers. Yeah, hopefully it's a really cool venue. Maybe he gets to get up close and meet Patterson. That'd be dope. Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, Seattle seems very like COVIDy, like very much into it. I guess that's the right way of putting it. Well, I just can't, very safe about COVID. I can't. So as much as I like drive by, I just don't imagine drive by and then just Patterson Hood by himself playing massive arenas. It's probably just some small bar. Yeah, I want Cooley on guitar, all that good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you tell us about Sleepway Camp? So, uh, probably, and I put all this in my end of course critique. I was telling Brittany last night that I feel like you were more miserable doing this thing than you were either the, either of the two secret scroll selections you went to. <laughs> yeah, because I was just treated like a child the entire time. Uh, it was not. Yeah, it was not big boy rules, right? No, it was the exact opposite. It's I I had more freedom in my E five course um, in two thousand and whatever that was twelve than I did here uh, when I'm supposed to be a senior a senior sergeant now now is that because of covid protocols or is that the design of the course i I believe it's the design of the course and the the commandant and all the cadre um i guess cadre for those of you who don't recognize the word means the personnel running the course um in one capacity or the other, whether they're instructors or whether they're behind the scenes or whether they're support personnel, but the, the commandant and the cadre there um, on several occasions stopped by and asked us, you know, at least they gave us that when we talked to him, we talked to him like we were peers um, said, Hey, what are you thinking about the course? And I, I think the very first time the, uh, the commandant, this 28 year, 29 year Sergeant major is sitting in there asked the question and nobody wants to ask. Yeah, fuck it. I was like, I, I've already made rank. I don't care. So I stick <laughs> like, I'm already wearing my rank. I don't give a shit. So I stick my hand up and I was like, Hey, what's the intent of this course? I go, is the intent of this course, a learning institution, or is this the intent of this course, a, a period of instruction in which we're just supposed to take in this information, put it back on paper and then walk away 46 days later. It's like, well, it's supposed to be this high-stress environment, but we want it to be a learning institution. And they kept reinforcing this idea of a learning institution. So when it got to the end of course critiques, I told them, I said, hey, if your idea of this place is to be a learning institution, it has failed miserably at that goal because what you have created is not conducive to learning anything. It's conducive to memorize everything, uh, put it back on paper and then kick those penguins off the iceberg so you can learn more stuff. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like that's the best way to mold future leaders. Well, it's really weird because the army's. Was there any like practicals to this or hands on shit or is it really. So and was it, in theory. Was it beneficial? Uh, no, not for me. So uh, it wasn't beneficial for me because I had already been what they're training us to do is to do the job that I've been doing for four years already. Yeah, and so, that's pretty typical in the Army from what I understand. So I've been holding a starting first class job since 2017. So by the time I get there, they're teaching you how to do all these things that a platoon sergeant normally does. I've been doing it for four years. So I know the paperwork. I know the forms. I know the processes. I know, I know, how, I know how to manage maintenance hours on an aircraft. I know how to calculate flight hour program. I I know how to do all this stuff because I've been forced to learn how to do it throughout my career. For me, it was very much check the block. Um, And it helped a lot when it came to grades because uh, I didn't have to try quite as hard as everybody else. Like the guy who beat me, um, he studied his ass off every single night and he beat me by 0.1 GPA points. Yeah. Uh, Not a whole lot there. (laughs) Whereas like I, I put in a lot of effort to this, but not nearly to the level he did just to succeed um, to the capacity he did. And that's not to make me sound 
any smarter than him. It's just I you had... You just already had hand-on experience. I had four years of experience. This guy had nothing. Um, so he is... Well, that's good. So, I mean, that's promising. That, that makes it seem as if that guy will probably walk away and be okay. I would say that probably about 60 to 70% of the people that go through that course are learning a learning new stuff, learning new things for the next step in their career. And then there's about 30% of us that have like, like me who have been doing this job forever. And so did you ever make it out to the, the STX or that all gets scrapped and it was all paper shit? Uh, I didn't even get, it wasn't even briefed by paper. Uh, it was on teams. What, what? Yeah. So they just gathered all the MOSs. So they had all the UH 60 guys, you know, the Blackhawk guys like me. They had all the Chinook guys get together. They had all the Apache guys. They had all the airframe, the avionics, the hydraulics, the neutralics, the engines, the UAS personnel. They all split out into their each jobs. We spent a literal day on Microsoft Teams within our own job specialties creating a 30-minute PowerPoint presentation so we could explain to the rest of the academy what our job entails. I've got to tell you, as a private sector guy who spends a lot of time on Teams and Zooms and whatnot, that that sounds like an utter fucking nightmare. So <laughs> for our job, for the uh, for the Blackhawk guys, what we did, because um, we had all day to do it, uh, we had all of our stuff, we had from 6 a.m. Oh, i got to remember this. We had from 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. Wednesday, until 5 p.m. Wednesday, and then 6 a.m. Thursday to 2 p.m. Thursday to prepare this brief. And then we started doing briefs at like 2.30 or something like that. So by... Do you need that much time? Mm -mm. That's what I thought. Okay. So by about... So remember, we start at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, and by 4 p.m., we already have our brief together. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> so, because there's 13 of us and it's a 30-minute brief, so we each put together a slide, brief on it for a minute and a half, two minutes, and we're good. Uh, and for those of you who have never had to give a presentation, let me tell you that like when you hear somebody say, put together a 10-minute brief, it sounds really daunting. Uh, I did two 10-minute briefs in three slides. And I was close to going over both times. Like it's sure. not, it's not really hard. Um, so by Thursday morning, by seven o'clock, we've already rehearsed our slides once. So at this point, I've got the government computer they issued me set off to the side. They issue you a, um, you know, the old school cameras that you clip on top of your computer or whatever. They issue you that because that ca the government laptop doesn't have a camera. So I put that on top of my personal laptop and I sat there and I played games all day long on my computer. Like I legitimately <laughs> just played games all day long, but it looked like I was doing stuff because the camera's right there in front of me. And oh, that's so, hilarious. They were monitoring you guys? Yeah, they would pop in to see what we were doing. And so there'd be times where they're like, all right, hey, let's meet back up in two hours and go back over our slides. So you'd hear somebody pop in. And then be like a first sergeant or some some leader, some instructor there. Say, hey, hey, sergeants, uh, it's awfully quiet in here. Are you guys there? And we'd be like, hey, sergeant, we're here. Uh, we cleaned up our slide deck. We've been done for a while. We've already rehearsed it three times. He's like, well, I'd like to hear it. So then we'd all jump back on really quick, do our 30-minute brief. He's like, okay. And then we'd go on like another two hours. And the whole time I'm sitting there just playing video games on my laptop. Oh, yeah. I probably would have downloaded the fucking original Age of Empires or Sim City and just killed time. I was playing Civ Five. I was playing Civilization Five all day oh. long. I can't remember if I played that one or Civ Six. Like, three years ago, I like, bought it on Steam and just, like, I think I I usually have, like, a week off from work around Christmas. We have a shutdown. And I think that's what I did for a week, which just played Civ Six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I pulled up my Steam account and I was like, "Well, I can't, I can't have like my controller out, otherwise I'd be playing um, Elder Scrolls." So yeah. I was playing Civ and I was playing uh, a new game, Celasta, uh, which is really good. It's a, it's a like live 
Dungeons and Dragons game. It's really good. I can't wait for you to be a dad someday. No pressure, Caitlin. <laughs> but so Connor is conked out, which is great. But then Mackenzie's quiet, but I I'm watching on the monitor of his side, and she's just windmilling her legs back and forth. <laughs> and she wears this little sleep sack, so like it's this just big ass like cotton cotton blanket waving in the air that she's like zipped into. <laughs> what, so what's the point of the sleep sack? Or sleep sack. What does that do? So the sleep sack is you know, my wife's really into sleep safe, uh, yeah, safe sleep. I'm sorry, and which is good. It's a good thing. And uh, they are at the point where they have to wear these sleep sacks because you can't give them blankets because they could suffocate in them. That, like it was just like on their face. So it's like a wearable blanket. So it's a snuggie without the arms, and you zip into it. Oh, so it's like a uh, a mummy bag. Yes. Exactly, and there's little arm sleeves, and you stick your arms through them, and then it's like a little little sleep sack, yeah, like a sack of potatoes for sleeping. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, no, they're they're both super cute, and they're doing a lot of cool stuff right now, but they're all they also drive us fucking crazy. One's teething, and then one can only do like a half roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Shit's wild, but yeah, it's, it's been fun. Oh, did you get up to? Did you get anything? cool this week uh we took the what have we been doing this past weekend wasn't too crazy the weekend prior we like did the georgetown stroll did to go see santa did they not do the christmas tree this year i saw a bunch of pictures of the square lit the, up but i didn't see a christmas tree picture the christmas tree's there it's in the same spot as it was when we did the turkey trot too okay. it's over there Okay. Yeah. So we missed the lighting, but uh, yeah, that. And then, um, yeah. So it's, yeah, we've just been doing like Christmas stuff around town. It's been fun. Uh, got all my Christmas shopping done on Saturday. Uh, I started off with uh, the the famous Aaron special of a a beer and a shot. <laughs> like he he's like, yep, you know, got in for the beer and the shot. So like I was out. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll do a beer and a shot. I like it. So with the Jack and Gingers on Saturday and like was talking to some guy and they ended up like giving off like these really big divorced dad vibes. Cause then like all these like girl bartenders shows up. He's like, Hey, come over here. Look at my puppies. I'm like, Oh no, this guy's sad. Oh, <laughs> he's sad. But I uh, did all my Christmas shopping. And then, uh, this weekend, my nephew is playing in the, District, not district, it I guess, be state, uh, state five A D two championships. So eleven o'clock in the morning, Saturday at uh, Cowboy Stadium. So driving up to Arlington Saturday, to watch that. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get uh, see if I can find a stream of Fox Sports Southwest because they show all those games. Well, They've been not, showing them all. It's yeah. Bally Sports, Bally Sports Southwest now. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Like I saw where uh, they showed how they do the locker rooms for these kids, like. Each team, when they go in, like, they get the full locker room treatment. Yep. And, like, with their jersey numbers and their name tag in Cowboys Stadium, which, whether you like the Cowboys or not, that's pretty fucking incredible. You know who else was there uh, recently? Did you see the news on that? No. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Kyle our, Rittenhouse. Uh, our future C- CPAC featured speaker himself yeah, Kyle Kyle yeah he got like the full tour of the cowboys headquarters <laughs> yeah I, I mean i think it's uh our audience maybe they thought that we were just being very glib about him when we were like oh yeah he's gonna have a podcast he's gonna be a darling of the right uh yeah that's exactly who he is <laughs> yeah he's he's the new caitlin bennett he's the new gun girl yeah, oh yeah, he's better than Gun Girl. He's got he's got confirmed kills, baby. <laughs> that, do you think he gets? Do you think he gets like uh, teardrop tattoos for his two? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's cultural appropriation. Oh, I'm not sure. That's great. But yeah, so that's fun. Yeah, I I did see like they there's like oh yeah here's Kyle Rittenhouse to the Cowboys uh, Stadium and someone's like you only get that if you know somebody like in like in the front office and you get that treatment like not everyone sees what he saw yeah no it's very <laughs> like he probably got to touch like a troy aikman game ball oh yeah <laughs> jesus hey do you want to wear emmett smith's jersey oh god 
He'd probably shoot it. He's like, nah, I'm more of a Roger Staubach kind of man myself. I could see him being a Staubach guy. Or a Jay Novacek. He's been my favorite, honestly. Like, Did you you see his whole, like, right-wing media thing he did last week where uh, he he said, fuck LeBron, and that he is into thick chicks? Yes, I did. (laughs) I absolutely did. He's like, I like him thick. (laughs) With three C's. Oh, man, this kid. I mean, I hate it. I'm going to end up loving him, I think. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to crush my soul. It's He's going to be the next Ben Shapiro. He's going to destroy liberals with facts and bullets. But he's like already... I mean, oh, God, I hate even saying this loud. He's already cooler than Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is... <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, okay, so here's more Ben Shapiro stuff. Have you? How online have you been this week? Uh, fairly, this because week? I got... I, so I went back to work yesterday... Um, and it's kind of weird going back to work after six weeks when somebody's effectively like taken over all the aspects of your job because you were gone. Yeah. So like, I right, get, well, you just finish it out for me. I get back and I'm like, I'm gonna let you run with it. Like, I'm gonna try to start integrating myself, but you've got this. Um, so there's been lots of Reddit in the past two days. Did you catch Ben Shapiro's sister's uh, total self own on a? Uh, so he has a sister who is on Twitter as like classically Abby. I guess they're like Orthodox Jews, and she like is trying to like adhere to their dress and all that stuff. Yeah, I know well, who she is. Th- I haven't seen her. I didn't see that Twitter thing. So thanks to her, we got probably my favorite, and I'll have to bring it up again n- next week for drunk year in review. Uh, two weeks. Two weeks is drunk. Two weeks. Year in two weeks. You're right. My favorite thing that's happened probably in a while since the birth of my children probably is the revelation that uh, Nancy Reagan was known for giving blowjobs all throughout Hollywood. So the origin story for that is Abby Shapiro like floated out one of those stupid memes where she took a picture of Madonna like in her Madonna outfits at 63 and Nancy Reagan at 63 with all the fucking Reagan children on the White House lawn. It's like, I'm sorry, but I would rather be Nancy than Madonna classy versus trashy and then like it's just it's like as the kids say she got fucking ratioed on twitter where everyone's just going on someone just came with like with this clip from an interview in like the 90s when this book came out about nancy reagan it's like oh you mean the throat goat (laughs) (laughs) it's like you mean nancy always says yes reagan (laughs) so now now I can't like every day I just think about like, oh my God, like it, <laughs> and so I went down the rabbit hole in this man. Like I went down the rabbit hole where like I found all these articles from like nineteen ninety one about this book coming out. They're interviewing the author and it's a total like trash mat trash write up, like where it's an unauthorized biography type thing where you know, the author's like, Listen, I took us to the bedroom but I couldn't, I took us to the bedroom door, but I couldn't get into the bedroom. You know, that type of thing. Like, this is what, this is what I have verified that people have told me about this. So apparently there's also the claim that <laughs> the, the Reagan White House was mob controlled because Nancy Reagan was banging Frank Sinatra the entire time, like in the White House. <sighs> I just I'm like, yes, this is what I need in my life because I hate Ronald Reagan. So this is great. So, the other good ownage uh, that happened this week, I like this new format where we just kind of bring up shit and talk about it really quickly. Uh, just all stream of conscience, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you haven't noticed, uh, I got voted off the island as far as formatting goes. So, welcome to the new <laughs> welcome to the new format. <laughs> Chaos reigns. <laughs> so, if you don't, if drunk. Drunk Week in Review is just us talking about the hangovers we had, then we're true to our name. And then uh, if we actually review anything that happened in the week, then we're still true to our name. It's kind of like when you when you throw a uh, throw something towards the trash can and yell Kobe, whether it goes in or misses, it's still accurate. Like, it, it's just <laughs> going to hold. <laughs> um, anyway, the other good one, did you see your hand Paul get, as you would say, ratioed? Um, over his request for government assistance for the hurricanes in Kentucky. Or hurricanes. My, the how the turntables. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? 
yeah, like all I saw for like two days after the tornado, which was fucking awful, and we should touch on that for a moment. We will actually after this. Let's let's go into that because there's some horrific uh, in-state capitalism type shit that happened with that. But uh, yeah, uh, Rand Paul, who's famous for what? Uh, for denying for denying uh, government assistance to Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico? Hurricane Sandy. Uh, uh, Hurricane Harvey. Hurricane yeah. Marie. He has not met a natural disaster that he said he does not want to approve funding for because the United States simply can't just print money for it. Uh, and, so what's his... Um, let me mute this real quick. All right, so... And he's been all sorts of pissy that people are even calling him out on this shit. All right, so uh, he writes a letter to President Biden asking him to move expeditiously to prove appropriate resources for our state. So the first person to hop on this is Eric Swalwell, um, who writes, we should do all we can to help our Kentucky neighbors. God be with them. They are hurting, but do not for one second forget that at Rand Paul has voted against helping most Americans. Most times they were in need. In 2013, after Hurricane Sandy, Paul opposed a disaster relief measure, stating, I would give them $9 billion, and I would have taken the $9 billion from somewhere else, like foreign aid. In 2017, Paul opposed a disaster relief bill for Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, and Maria. People here will say they have great compassion, and they want to help the people of Puerto Rico, Texas, Florida, but notice they have great compassion with someone else's money. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Whereas, I guess, does Rand Paul only want to grab cash that the state sends to D.C. and they can only use those monies for Kentucky? So he stands... Like, I'd love to know what his solution to this issue is. His, his, he stands by the idea that if you're requesting foreign aid, that it's taking somewhere out of the budget and generally it should come out of foreign aid. I mean, I don't hate it. I, hate I don't say hate that. it. I don't hate it. But at same time, it's like, dude, like, now you need it, huh? You don't care. I bet. I bet he does not care where it comes from today. Uh, in July, Paul also opposed the Gulf Coast Hurricane Aid Act, which would give him 1.1 billion in federal aid for people affected by hurricanes Laura and Delta. That be- bill even had a financial offset of using some of the 80 billion in proceeds from a radio spectrum auction. Yeah, I saw that. I I meant to look up what a radio spectrum auction is. I'm assuming that is like auctioning off radio state, like the 101.5s and shit like that. Like you own the rights to broadcast off of that. Right? I don't know. Probably. You think? Let's guess. Let's say that's it, right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, it's not. It's not hyperlink, so I can't. I can't check yeah, on it. I don't know. And, and there was a really good Netflix documentary i watched on one of the few hours i had a free time when i was at sleepaway camp um that talked about that that talked about um places like florida and louisiana and puerto rico was the big one about how um infrastructure such as the uh what do you call it what did i just read the gulf coast hurricane act aid act uh, going in to build the infrastructure because on average um, I think the poor people and we'll use poor as like low income as far as the IRS is concerned tend, not just unfortunate yeah tend to lose money um, when disaster strikes where rich people tend to make money when disaster strikes so if you're above a certain threshold and you're, all your stuff's wiped out. You're the one who tends to make money on insurance claim. If you're below a certain threshold, you're the one who tends to lose money. Um, yeah, there's been lots of... So you had him, Shapiro. Um, what was another really good... Well, you had the... Um, y- you had um, <laughs> Elizabeth Warren and uh, Elon Musk going at it. I saw there's some 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 Warren Tesla or Musk Discord. I I didn't I didn't I didn't follow that one too close. Well, because I think Elon was named Person of the Year, right? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she was like, "How? Why? Basically, like, why would we name someone who doesn't pay taxes?" Yeah. Uh, it was something along the lines of um, the person of the year should pay taxes, um, and that, rightfully so. Like, I saw a lot of outcry hey, for um, one t- one time person the person of the year was all of us. So, well, the the one that I really made my heart happy was the um, the DC police officer. Yeah, they there was a lot of calls for him to be person of the year. Right. Yeah. And then they did athlete of the year, which I don't think Time Magazine should have any dog in that fight. Uh, big fan of a quick spinoff on that. Big fan of the um, ESPN body issue this year. They did a really good job. Uh, do you ever watch see those? Uh, I'm aware of the body issue, but I don't know who's like in it this year. Yeah, I can't remember who was in it this year. Um body issue 2021 uh the body issue was and it's really cool because it's it shows like what an athletic body looks like and it's completely so 2019 with scout bassett um she's a runner with a prosthetic leg yeah, then one year they had that guy, wasn't pool holes, but it was another like big ass, like yep. heavy hitter guy. Yeah, was it was uh, it was David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Yeah, yeah. Liz, all, all Liz of his glory. Cambridge, Cambridge. I'm going to mess up her name. WNBA, uh, Katrine Davis' daughter, um, who's just an absolute, just her back is incredible. Like, it looks like a fucking Dorito. <laughs> uh, they have the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Those guys are massive. Miles Garrett, who I guess is a pro football player. Yeah. James yeah, yeah. Hinchcliffe, who looks like he's IndyCar. Uh, Alex Honnold, uh, Evander Kane, Brooks Kepka, Nancy Lieberman, Amanda Nunez, Kelly O'Hara. It, it's it's incredible. Chris Paul. And like they're a Christian Yelich baseball player. Um, these guys are just, it's, inc- it's cool to see like what an athletic body looks like. Christian Yelich is tall and he is relatively skinny. Like to see a professional athlete that looks like a tall, skinny dude that, you know, I mean, what sucks the most is like for golfers, like there still is that very much typical golf body, but then there's also been offset by just like fucking ripped ass humans now. Dude, the Tiger Woods effect. Well, yeah, Tiger Woods is Tiger Woods is massive, but then you look at yeah. guys like Phil Mickelson, who's huge, yeah. who is huge. He's a power. I mean, well, he's, he's a, a power big guy. Well, and he's just a power body, right? But I mean, uh, nobody's more powerful than John Daly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that is a body that's enhanced built without, for golf. That's enhanced with booze though, and yeah. cigars. Yeah, like that guy actually probably does play better after three scotches. <laughs> like oh. he, they have to breathalyze him on course, otherwise he'll be too good. He was the one that I think he was the one that uh, got injured, and he was petitioning the PGA to let him use a golf cart uh, because you have to walk your own course, and that was yeah. a big deal. Man, poor guy, that stinks. Um. I think I- Give the guy a cart. I know you wanted to, I I guess the final thing we'll just touch on real quick. I know you want to talk about the text messages, um, the, uh, oh God, what's the. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a specific language from it, but essentially they were able to show in these January 6th because we're finally like who, actually. Who are, we ta- who are we talking about? I can't remember his name. Uh, Mark Meadows. Matt Mark Meadows. Meadows. Mark the, Meadows. It's like Trump's very last chief of staff. Yeah. And so they're the January 6th committees, uh, for those at home, that would be investigation into what the fuck happened last January 6th, coming up on anniversary. Uh, hopefully we get each other something nice for that. <laughs> oh, that'd be does, fun. That'd be January fun. Six. But um, they're finally like trying to put some teeth to all that, like putting out their subpoenas and contempt of courts for people not showing up, etc. But they've started to dive into some uh of the documents so like text messages between different trump staffers that day well uh, and fox find, and fox news uh laura that's ingram saying come to find out so they have mark meadows texts and he is just getting flooded with pleas from 
Donald Trump's son, Don, Don Jr. Don Jr.'s like, please, can you have him stand them down? Uh, Sean Hannity, Car- Tucker, everyone over at, you know, like, Shep's, what the fuck his name is, they're all texting over to Mark Meadows saying, like, hey, uh, this is going really far. Like, don't you think we should shut this down? Like, they're at, everyone, including Trump's own kids, are trying to get Mark Meadows to get Trump to de-escalate the situation. And Trump, ref- like, there was no getting, he wanted to watch watch it unfold. Like, he probably thought that somehow that was going to end up benefiting him, I guess. Well, and then you had um, uh, Jim Jordan. John, uh, yeah, Jim Jordan gets wrapped up in all this, too. Yeah, that sounds right. I, I didn't see what happened to him. I just, it was very interesting. I mean, just because, you know, you'll have all the the right wingers like oh the clinton news network it's all the democrat party owns they own cnn and msnbc it's like well uh seems like the republican party is <laughs> has a pretty good toehold of fox news if they're trying to plead the case with the president to stop a uh, so i guess jim direction riot protest whatever you want to call it jim jordan gets uh, a text message that he forwarded to meadows um, and the text says, on January 6, 2021, Vice President Mex- Mike Pence, as president of the Senate, should call out all electoral votes that he believes are unconstitutional as no electoral votes at all, in accordance with guidance from founding father Alexander Hamilton and judicial precedents. End quotes. Um, no legislative act, wrote Alexander Hamilton in Federalist Number 78, contrary to the Constitution, can be valid. The court in Hubbard versus Lowe reinforce this truth that an unconstitutional statute is not a law at all and uh, it's not a law at all is a is a proposition no longer open to discussion appeal dismissed following this rationale an unconstitutionally appointed elector like an unconstitutionally enacted statute is no elector at all yeah known constitution expert jim jordan Mm. lots going on should be fun into the year. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what I expect out of uh, any of these committees, but I mean, if we're going to Benghazi for four years, we might as well January six for a few. Yeah. Well, and then if we're gonna, if we're gonna, uh, hey, Democrats did it too. If we're gonna Russian collusion for yeah, uh, for three years. Yeah. Uh, is Brittany listening to this thing actively or can we discuss Christmas gifts? I think she listened to one episode and then she stopped, but she did like that one episode she listened to. So let's take that as a win. Hmm, I like it. So you can't discuss gifts. You don't think safely. I think I could. I think if I said that she never mopped, she would somehow start listening again. Oh, nice. She hasn't mopped since that episode. (laughs) Uh, what'd you get her? Okay, so she has a gigantic, like, bougie diaper bag. Like, she wanted, like, the hot mom diaper bag, so I got that last Christmas. Well, we have we have two babies, so it's filled with lots of stuff. So she has this giant wallet she wanted downsized, so I got her, uh, a, you know, a nice wallet, like, just like a card case, like, almost like what I have, except fancy and for girls and mm-hmm. much nicer, much nicer than mine. Yeah. Uh, then I got her some like stocking stuffers. Candles are always a hit, so just nice candles. And then I got, I went out on a limb, and when I was at Nordstrom's, I smelled this like perfume that was just fucking incredible. So I was like, well, let's hope she has the same scent taste that I do. So, curveball, nice. And yeah, yeah. So that that was really it. Like the wallet and the uh, the candles, and that's about it. And and the, yeah, the perfume. So. She'll have a pretty, she'll have a decent little Christmas. Nice. What did you do? So, uh, Caitlin's birthday is three days before mine. Um, she's eight, January eighteenth. I'm January twenty first. Right, so it works out really well. Also, shout out to Aaron. His birthday is when? The Aaron's birthday is already passed, or it's about to come up. He's got one of those like super close to Christmas birthdays. Oh, he, he it was last week. Yeah, because he we didn't pod, and I don't think I told him happy birthday. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, anyway, so she she travels a lot for horse stuff, but she doesn't travel to travel. Um, so on the way back from Texas this summer, 
we stopped in Savannah and she absolutely loved it. Well, she'd mentioned that she didn't want anything for Christmas. She just wanted to travel. So I booked us, let me see, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Four nights, five days. Is that how that works? We get there Thursday night. We check out Monday during the day. So I've got Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. I got us a uh, like four-star Marriott yeah. in Savannah on the river. Oh. Like right there across from the old power plants. Or no, this is the one that's in the old power plants that they turned into a Marriott. Now, how close is this to the ice cream shop that had the long line? It doesn't matter. We're there for Thursday night, all of Friday, all of Saturday, so all of got, Sunday. You got, you got line time. And coming back Monday. Oh, dude, that's awesome. She's going to love that. So I got her that. And then um, I kind of I bought uh, while we we're uh, at Dad's for Thanksgiving, Home Depot is running an incredible sale on washer dryers. So I picked up a stackable washer dryer set for like 15 hundo. Okay. Uh, a really good washer dryer set. For, you guys have been dating for like seven months. You're getting our appliances. Yeah. Uh, well, Who so says romance is dead. We're we're remodeling her house. Uh, okay, so this, she will love that. So then. January is the end of my lease, and I'm moving out to her place. Oh shit, are we, we're already there. Yeah, so Dang. I'm I'm moving in. I'm moving in uh, at the beginning of February, so we're doing that. But that was kind of like a collective Christmas gift. The one thing she mentioned was that she wants a Roomba or one of the sharks, but it's got to be the one that's like smart and the one that's self-emptying because she doesn't want to dick with it all the time, right? Because uh, we had uh, the shark and end up not loving it because you had the fucking it, it always got stuck and you always had to empty the damn thing. So this one, yeah, this one is self-emptying. What um, does that mean? Like it's got a huge container and then it dumps out in a pile. So when it's full, it goes back to its dock and dumps everything and then goes back out. Okay, that's incredible. So, and then the first, the one I got, the first time that you run it, what it does is it just runs around the house for hours. And maps shit out. And maps the house and then runs it through an algorithm to figure out the best way to, the best way to vacuum it. And then you can tell it, like you can, it's controlled by your phone to some extent. So you can map out rooms and say, only do this room, only do these sections. Well, yeah. she'd mentioned it, she wants it. We'd gone to like Kohl's or something. They've got it. This fucking thing is like 480 bucks. Couldn't fucking believe how expensive these things are. I've bought <laughs> vacuums and I know vacuums are expensive, but this was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Cyber Monday rolls around. This bad boy is only $220. Oh shit. That's a steal then. So I hop on it. now it's not even badly priced. So I hop on it. I buy it. It ships. Well, it's too big to go in the Amazon hub that's here at the apartment complex. So generally when it's that big, they leave it outside your front door. I for, I had, My building manager had been collecting all my mail and checking in on my apartment while I was gone. And I forgot to tell her I was expecting this package. So it arrives December 1st. I get back to my apartment on December 12th. No. December 14th. I get back to the apartment on December 14th. Lo and behold, no fucking vacuum. <laughs> no. So I contact the building manager like, hey, did you pick it up? She goes, no. And so I go, oh, man, somebody stole it. And then it clicks that we have valet trash. And because this thing sat outside of my door for so long, valet oh. trash probably picked it up. So I contact, So I go look at it on Amazon. It's back to full price. It's back to like 480 bucks. Yeah. So I contact Amazon and go, here's the situation. I was out of town. I can provide you with a copy of orders that say I was out of town. I ordered it on this date. It arrived. They didn't take a picture, but I'm sure it did. I'm actually very concerned that it was stolen, this, this, or this. And other than them killing people in Kentucky for getting my shipment out on time. Uh, I really love what you guys do. Amazon. No, Amazon replaced it. No questions asked. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could have just been lying and said I never got it, but they just replaced it. No questions asked. Like, yeah, not a problem. It arrived today. We've had that. Like, they've they've always taken care of us, and le much like you, I'm like, no, I swear, I'm telling the truth. They're like, no, it's fine, whatever, dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> I like I expect that on a ten dollar one, but on a five hundred dollar item, 
I yeah. It, well, it's it's especially easy when it's from Amazon directly. When it's from their partners, it gets a little squirrely. But if you're buying from Amazon, they really don't give a fuck. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, like, despite them killing their workers, uh, they got me my fucking vacuum replaced. I'm, I've kind of mixed feelings about it. I feel guilty about using it, but it was a legitimate. It was a five minute phone call, and I had another one. 48 hours later. Yeah. You know, there's a tornado coming. They should let people leave the candle factories in Amazon distribution centers. Did you see the uh, text message that came out? Um, it was one of the workers who died. Who He's like, they said like, hey, if I leave, we're fired. Uh, the one I saw was him texting his wife. Is like, they're not letting us leave. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking crazy. Uh, it, it's crazy that you even have like, People working at fucking two in the morning or whatever it was that it happened. Well, they're probably working. You know, it's 24 shifts. hour operation. I know shifts. Yeah, yeah. They're probably working the eight to four or whatever. I say this with my with my starch white collar. Not that I actually have a collar, but I guess all things considered, I'm a white collar worker. Yeah. I'm a green collar. Like, you know, I complain <laughs> if I have to do take a fucking uh, conference call at after like 5 p.m. I'm like, oh, this is such an inconvenience to my life. And uh, meanwhile, you've been meanwhile, you've been on teams at some bar all afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Before children, that was the case. <laughs> yeah, I know. Lots of Larkin L afternoons before kids. Yes. Oh, man. Absolutely. All right. <sighs> but, you know, well, this is a fun new format. It, kids add a whole different spice to life and that's OK. Yeah. Fun new format. We're keeping it like right an hour, like an hour five. By the yeah, time that's kind of what Aaron and I were doing. Like they were, we kind of like hit it. And there's one episode where I think we only hit 40 minutes because I had. Yeah, it that, turns out it was, it was just indigestion, but I thought I was having like a, a heart thing. <laughs> yeah, because I just had a whole bunch of spicy food that day. Because I'm in my 30s. Yep. <laughs> as is want. As is want. So, so uh, I, just, I just remember like sitting there with Aaron, like just like rubbing my chest, like it's like, dude, like I just don't feel right. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, uh, let's get into socials and close this thing out. Unless you got something. Well, let's take let's take a minute because I don't we're not going to pod next week because of Christmas Eve Eve. I'm assuming. Well, I, I mean, I planned on just me and you doing a quick Christmas thing. Aaron's out. Okay. We already know Aaron's out, but I didn't know if y'all had stuff. Let's play it the day, but I'm down to record next week. It's going to be a really light week for me. Okay. Yeah, maybe I, I could even do like Wednesday or something like that. Yeah, I think that I think Wednesday would be good because I feel like Thursday, I don't work Friday, so Brittany probably want to I have do, I have Tuesday off. Hang out with me because she loves me. It's stupid. Yeah, I have Tuesday off and then I have Thursday through Sunday off. So, oh, let's do Tuesday then, if you want. Yeah, we can do a quick recap on Tuesday. Yeah. All right. So Tuesday we will we will discuss without Aaron the categories and then we'll tell him later what the categories for drunk year and review are yeah i, I mean two of them we already know it's going to be um it's going to be favorite book favorite movie or favorite book favorite your like your top books and your top uh your top yeah uh top al- book albums. top album top song yeah album and song we'll, go together oh uh, yeah we'll, we'll break it down from there okay and then we'll yeah. add some fun stuff into it we got some loose ones but next week we'll come up with some other categories and you know, maybe we'll make them think a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Dope. Uh, other than that, uh, quick shout out to socials. So without them butchering it, although y'all nailed all the socials, I'm proud of you. Um, we tried to stay on top of that. Yeah. So uh, you can hit us up on Drunk Week in Review on Instagram. We are at Drunk. Uh, we are at DWIR Podcast on Twitter. Nobody uses it. But it'd be cool if you tagged us every now and then. Uh, we are Facebook.com slash Drunk Week in Review. Shout out to uh, our buddy Tim Vano, who just released his first single. Oh. It's on Spotify. Uh, Tim, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but Mosin, M-O-S-I-N. So if you go on Spotify and you look up M-O-S-I-N, he has one single out. It's called Race Against Time. It's kind of a EDM synthy thing. Uh, here, let's try to find. Did you say Mosin or Mosin? Spell that again. M O S I N. But here's a quick little uh, intro for you. Great. Now he's going to sue us. So you know what you're getting into? 
but yeah, so this just came out. Race Against Time, Mosin featuring Jeremy Langthorne. Uh, check it out. Give him a shout out. Uh, we'll tag him in something this week. Um, he's got two different Instagram handles. Uh, the Fallen oh, Deity is Mosin no- with one S. M O S I N, yeah. Uh, the Fallen Deity is no longer streaming, so I appreciate the shout out for him. But he has since medboarded out of the army. Congratulations, Aaron. Oh, good for him. Uh, and then don't tickle me, Elmo. Oh, Collis. Oh, Collis. One day you'll grow up and stop playing a child's game. Uh, I think he's like ranked worldwide in Minecraft or Roblox or something like that. But who knows? Really, really wish he had stepped up and played some sort of like tractor simulator. Yeah, or goat simulator. Goat simulator is supposed to be a really good one too. That is a real thing. Like you just like eat grass. I don't know, but it's a real thing. I'm looking into it. Uh, Other than that, hey, good night. We love you, and welcome back, JM from Sleepaway Camp. Heyo. See y'all next week.